Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Read for the word today. I must have scared you off too much last week after our series kicking off, um, Citizen of Heaven. Actually, it was actually really fantastic to hear so many messages, uh, reading emails this week about people saying, hey, thanks for, thanks for starting to speak into some of this a little bit. I've, I've been a bit scared. I've been a bit confused. I've been intrigued. I've been a little bit, you know, I just want to know a bit more about this topic. And so um, it's been so good to be able to hear the voice of so many of you guys saying, hey, I've just, I'm a bit lost with it all and I just want to be able to some understanding in this space, but not just understanding for understanding's sake, but revelation of how it can actually make a difference on the world that we live in right now, when our sight is set on eternity, that we are indeed citizens of heaven, that Christ is coming back, and that there is a day that we can go wait with anticipation in faithful. And your reception was overwhelming here this morning. <laughs> but this is the joy we have. And uh, I'm excited to be able to dive into a bit more. And last week we spoke about this, I guess, the big question of, is this the end? And we asked three questions in that. And first question, maybe a little bit of a pop quiz for the church right now, see how much you were listening last week. And uh, are we in end times? Yeah, we are. When that happens is all the Lord's knowing. But we're in end times. Second question, is Jesus coming back? All right, Jesus is coming back. And the third question I ask, and this question that only you can answer here today, is are you ready? Are you ready? And today I'm actually going to close with that same question. Are you ready? Are you ready? And today, if we ask that question, is this the end last week? This week I'm going to ask the question, what's it going to look like? I know many of you guys are wanting to understand. And before I even engage in this message here today, I want to remind us that there are some things we know and some things we don't know. There's actually a peace in my heart and a contentment in my heart about not having to know everything. And it'd be a good thing for you guys to position yourself in that place too. And uh, we're going to unpack scripture. We're going to unpack the living word of God. And we're going to be able to present the big chunks, the big rocks, so that we can find ourselves not distracted with things that we have no real understanding fully about. And so let's make the main thing the main thing here this morning. And I started last week by talking about the fact that Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples about a lot of this, one of his commands, one of his instructions was, do not be in fear about all this stuff. (laughs) John 14 verses 1 actually says, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. It's going to be okay. Actually rest in the fact that I've got a plan. I've already made a way. This is all going to happen whether you fear or not. (laughs) And so he's saying, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. So this question here today of what's going to happen, I pray that by the grace of God, Lord help me, (laughs) that we'll be able to unpack some of this stuff today. I want to get a hand for Livy. And uh, as we do, why don't we pray? We can pray. And we close our eyes. We'll pray. And uh, we give this next sort of moment to the Lord. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is living. We thank you that it is indeed the sword that we can carry with us. We thank you that it is truth. And Lord Father, that 
when we follow your word, when we obey your word, when we look to your word, God, it is indeed the lamp that we need to be able to live our lives. So God, I pray today for a clarity of understanding, a clarity of revelation from your power of your word here today. I pray for open ears that we may hear, open hearts that we may receive, open eyes to the truth and to the power of your word in Jesus' mighty name. And the good people said... Amen, amen. I got some good news. Um, I'm going to put it on the screen. So our marriage retreat had a great response, and we've actually got a new room, which means that we can actually open up to more people now, which is really cool. And so, uh, a couple of you guys asked me, "Hey, I've missed the deadline. Can I still get in?" I'm telling you, you can get in. It's like by popular demand. We've got a bigger room. Get more people in. And so, if that's you, um, definitely jump on board. Scroll it now. Get yourself a little picture of that. Uh, we want to encourage as many of our couples to get along. So September 16 to 7. In, it'll be great for you to get along. And I've said that there's a lot of flexibility around it. Our goal would be that our married couples can get away and have a night away and, and, and do whatever married couples do and all that kind of stuff. And, and then come next morning and have it be enriched by the power of his word. Um, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted, Dan. Um, but I want to encourage us, where possible, you can do that. Now, if the Friday night's not an option, then definitely come along to the, the session that we have on the sun, on the Saturday morning. Uh, we've got a, a chap by the name Darren Chapman, and uh, he is a legend in the space of empowering and encouraging and bringing life into marriages, which will be fantastic. All right, if you've got your Bibles here, today, we're going to turn to Matthew 24, and I said last week we're going to dive into some of the teaching that Jesus gave in and around this topic of um, sort of final days, and he's, um, he's talking about the, the days that will be coming, and it starts by saying, then Jesus departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? And he's going to say something pretty profound, but I want to remind you right now that, that the temple was the most glorious of buildings during this time. It was magnificent. It was beautiful. It was brilliant. But Ali and I, we went to uh, parts of Europe during this year, early in this year, and at the centerpiece of most of the major cities and towns were these amazing cathedrals. I mean, they're like, they like, it's the best sad actually in some ways that they become like more like tourist attractions these days. But as we walked into some of these buildings, it's like the presence of God was so strong, and that the temple of this time was the centerpiece of the community. It was a place that people came and worshipped and and sacrificed. And, and gave it like a, a, on the altar a, a worthy praise to, our, to his God. And Jesus is about to say, hey, everything you see right now, it's all coming down. It's all coming down. He says, assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another, he says. You know what? That happens. In 70 AD, Rome invaded Jerusalem and completely turned the place upside down, just as Jesus predicted. So then he sat on the Mount of Olives, verse 3, and the disciples came to him privately. I think the disciples are hearing some of the talk about these end times and he's like, they're like, hey, can we get like a little private little moment with God, because Jesus, because we actually want to be able to ask him a few things. We want to go a bit deeper. We want to get more of an understanding. So they come to him privately, say, hey, can you help a brother out here? He's saying, hey, tell us a couple of things. And interestingly, they're actually very similar things that we ask of God still today. He says, hey, when will all these things be taking place? And two questions. What will the signs of your coming be? And then secondly, the end of the age. When's it happening? How's it going to happen? And Jesus answered them and said to them, 
I like how Jesus answers, not necessarily the way that they would like him to answer. <laughs> Again, who knows that's sometimes the case for us today. And for our need to trust God and not have to control God. <laughs> Take heed, he says, that no one deceives you. I want to get a little bit distracted sometimes today, but I want to be able to have some sort of thoughts here for us today. Where We've got to be careful not to be deceived. He's saying that when the end times are taking place, the deception will rise. Okay, We live in a world today where there's information flowing left, right and centre. Everyone has their own ideas, everyone has their own thoughts, everyone has their own truths. And deception is a tool that the devil has used forever. I love the fact that we are in a series in our youth ministry that's talking about truth seekers. Not being distracted by false doctrines that are very much out there right now, but rather going after the word of God, going after truth in everywhere possible. And so the devil, he has found himself with a tool and an instrument of trying to deceive where he can. Because John 10 says that he comes to kill, steal and destroy. But before he does it often, the way he does that is actually comes and deceives people. And Jesus is saying, hey, be careful about deception. And in the end times, there will be deception that will rise. And how do I know that? That, that, that? This is where the devil is. He's been using this tool and tactic he's in, his, in his playbook for, since the beginning of time. In fact, one of the very first things he says is that Eve, she's looking at this beautiful fruit in the Garden of Eden. So that looks like some good fruit right now. He said, no, I can't eat that. So that's not the right fruit. God has told me to keep that separate. What does the devil come and do? What does the serpent come and say? Did God really say that? He places like a, a confusion, a deception. And so Jesus is here saying, don't be deceived. Heed, as if they're going to try. Take heed to not go down that line. I mean, utter disbelief that we live in a world right now that is literally being bought in to the lies of the devil. You're like, this is getting real heavy all of a sudden. <laughs> it's all right. Keep on smiling, God. Keep on smiling. But we live in a day where there are some people in our society, and I, you want to hear, I'm talking from a place of compassion for them because they're under deception, where they, a man and a woman is exactly the same thing. They can do the same thing. We find ourselves in a place, <laughs> actually, I saw a meme the other day, and maybe it's the easiest way to be able to lighten things up a little bit. I saw a meme the other day where, you know, what does a man look for in a wife? And uh, it was like pre-2020, post-2023. And pre-23 is like, you know, attractive, great mom, you know, kind, compassionate, all these things that Ali are. And um, in 2023, I'll just have two X chromosomes, thanks. That's, that, 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 that'll, be, that'll do me just nicely, thanks. That's, I'm, I'm happy with that. It'll be a starting place. But it's kind of sad we live in a world. That's, that's what's been talked about. I am I'm grieved by the fact that we have to have arguments in government right now around the sanctity of the unborn life. That a, an abortion that fails, that has to be took on, should we still save this life? You think, again, should we be talking about this stuff? In many, yes, we should. You see, this idea of like standing for something or believing in something... We can be very quick to say, I believe in love, I believe in forgiveness, I believe in goodness, I believe in kindness, and all these things that we stand for, 
On the other side of the equation, if you stand for those things, you actually stand against things as well. And this is what is happening in place. Jesus is encouraging right now. Say, hey, if, if, you, if you stand for truth, if you believe for truth, you've got to be against, you've got to be against the lies. You can't have it both ways. If you're for life or the unborn child, you've got to be against abortion. If you're in a place where you're, you believe in forgiveness, you've got to be against unforgiveness. And so we've got to find ourselves in a place where we're not being deceived by the, by the lies of the enemy that have been raised up at this particular time. And I want to encourage us as people of God, as, as people who, are, who are, want to take heed against deception, there's one way, a couple, there's a couple of ways to inoculate yourself against deception. You've got to find yourself, where's my Bible? Here it is. You've got to find yourself having this word entrenched in your life to the point where if a lie comes your way, you're like, that doesn't match up with the word of God. That doesn't make sense. That's, God didn't say that. We've got to find ourselves entrenched in that. And the second way, we've got to find ourselves leaning in with the person, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's been times in my life, my world, where I've had moments where I'm like, that doesn't quite line up with, that doesn't sound right. And it's the Spirit of God reminding that's don't go down that way. Be careful. It's the person, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I need get my watch out just to make sure I'm flowing along here. All right. Verse 5. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. We'll get to that a little bit later on. And you will say, and you'll hear of many wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Again, look at your neighbor. Say, do not be troubled. Do not be troubled. <laughs> we get so spooked so easily sometimes. Most of you guys remember that I... When I was 18, I moved to Kenya for a year. And I did a whole bunch of different things in missions, trips and so forth. And when I moved over there back 20 years ago, you had to have like special kind of cards to access your money in different countries and so forth. And I got this different bank card that actually helped me to um, access my money over there. And when I showed my mom, who's a little bit on the Spiro side, um, you know, when I showed my mom this bank card, she's like, Dan, you cannot take that bank card because it was the number six and it had three sixes. She's like, Dan, don't go in that line. <laughs> what am I saying? We sometimes get so spooked. Get rid of that before people get too distracted. So like, I can't believe you had 666 in our church then. What are you doing? Don't be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet, he says. For nation will rise against nation, country against country, race against race, and kingdom against kingdom, government against government. And there will be famines, pestilences, I don't think I've ever used the word pestilences in a sentence beforehand, but here we have pestilences. What is that? That's, that's the epidemics, that's the diseases, that's the, that's, that's the, the COVID times we've just been in. You can understand this is why people are sort of saying, is this the end? Is this all, it's all happening. And earthquakes in various places and all these things, it says, are the beginning of sorrows. Isn't this an encouraging passage I'm reading out this morning? <laughs> Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, it gets better, and kill you, and you will be hated by the nations for my name's sake. Just sit on that and encourage yourself in the Lord here this morning. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> It'll finish well, don't worry about this. 
and then many will be offended. They must be talking about 2023 right now. And betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and deceive many. Because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. It's interesting that the greatest of commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself, that is the thing that will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel, and I love that it's not just any gospel, it is this gospel, the name that, that sends his son Jesus to, to live the perfect life, to die on the cross, be raised again, the one that gives us the power of the Holy Spirit. And this gospel, it says, will be preached, will be, will be sent, will be, uh, will be the, of the kingdom, will be preached all around all the world as a witness to the nations. And then, the end will come. Now, I know some of you guys are reading this and thinking, oh, this is a lot of this is happening right now. The Bible's roughly 27% prophecy. So many of them, so much of the prophecies are already taken place. Again, we answered this question last week of are we sort of in the end times, Dan? And I said, Yeah, we are. Since the day that Jesus um, ascended to heaven, we are in the end times. When that happens, who knows? I'm not going to stand here and tell you this is the date, this is the time, because I'm likely to get it wrong. <laughs> I know that we're closer today than we were yesterday. So this next question of are we, you know, what's it going to look like? What's going to happen? I guess I want to help out with some important moments here this morning that actually, Pete, can I just get this maybe moved a little bit over here a little bit further just so I'm not too far away. I want to talk about some important moments. And again, just remind ourselves that we don't have to necessarily know everything. I love how Paul says in 1 Timothy 3, he says, hey, faith it's a mystery. Okay, faith is a mystery. Thanks, Pete. Thank God for Pete. It was your birthday this week, wasn't it, mate? Hey? How old are you, Pete? 45 and looks 35, hey? Amen, amen, amen. And feels 75, is that what you said? Feels 75. <laughs> All right, so this is, again, big blocks. This is, again, main thoughts. This is, again, where I find in Scripture, again, what the words of Jesus actually outlines, we can be pretty clear about. So we are now in the present. All right, pinch yourself. It should hurt. You're in the present right now, okay? You're in the present. Over here, we've got eternity. Okay, in between that time, now, we could be living a lot more many years in this present time. We don't necessarily know exactly when that is. We know that eternity, if I had a, a line that could go over here, eternity goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, okay? In this time, we know that there are some events, there are some, some moments that are taking place, all right? Now, the Bible just starts off by here talking about this thing called a tribulation, some of the end times we'll find ourselves in days where there's challenges. And actually, more than challenges, the earth will go through times that's never seen beforehand. Okay? We've got tribulation. What is it called for trib? Just for now. Okay? We've got the tribulation. We know, and then there's actually a couple of elements broken into two Past the tribulations, we know it's seven years long. If you read through uh, Daniel and Revelations, we know that there are a couple of elements there. Then we see the beginning of sorrows. Uh, beginning, hence for beginning, babe. Just say begin, all right? Begin of sorrows. <laughs> all right, work with you right now, guys. All right, okay. And then we see the great, 
the great tribulation takes place. In a moment, we're going to talk about uh, how is there, uh, the rise of an antichrist. You might be like, oh, antichrist, what's going on here? All right, I'm telling you, the story gets really, really good. Um, any, let's say the rise of the antichrist, there'll be moments and times here where there's like the uh, one world kind of government that takes place. So this is all happening. Now, here's where it starts to get really, really, really interesting, really good. We now, now after last week, we know that there is now the return of... Return of Jesus, return of Christ. All right, we've got the return of Christ. And we also know that Christ will reign. These are some of our big blocks. These are some of our big understandings here tonight. All right, so we're in the present times. We've got tribulation. We've got return of Christ, Christ reign, and we've got eternity forever. If we're looking right now, we've got, okay, not too bad. Gets a bit harder for a few years there. Really, really good, amazing, the best ever. All right, so with our trends in terms of the way that it all works out. There's one more question that, or one more thought that takes place, which probably brings about the most kind of debate in church right now, okay? In, in terms of the church, in terms of, of, of theologians, and that's what we call the rapture. The rapture, okay? And uh, you're going to see that I'm not going to necessarily take a, a, a definitive line on this. I've got some thoughts around it, but I've got some information that for people who wouldn't like to, more, would like to know more information about too. Let's go to Matthew 24, verses 40 to 42. It says, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken up and the other left. Make sure you're on the right-hand side if you're in the field, okay? Um, two men, <laughs> two women will be um, grinding at the meal. One will be taken up and the other will left, be left. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. Again, Jesus is saying, be ready. Don't be scared, but be prepared. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, verses 16 to 18. Again, Paul is talking to a group of people who actually believe they missed the second coming. They're worried about this. Verse 16 says, for the Lord himself. I don't have necessarily heaps of time right now, but he's not sending one of his special angels. He's not spending, sending like a, a special evangelist of the time. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commandment shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise up from their graves. There's going to be a resurrection. Then together with them, he who, uh, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up. Everyone say caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we'll be with the Lord forever. This is the happening of the rapture where we're doing our own thing, minding our own business, and poof, up we go. And so encourage each other with these words. So here Paul, he uses the words caught up in this scripture. Now the Greek word for this one is actually called hapazo, which means catching away. And the Latin word for hapazo means rapturo, I'm not too sure if that's the, really the Latin kind of pronunciation going on there, but I'm working my best Aussie accent here, which is the words when we get the word raptors, in like the bird of prey, the one that would go into the water and, and pluck out the, 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 the prey for the time. Don't worry, you're not the prey of the Lord, okay? And this is where we get the word rapture. How's the rapture going to happen? <laughs> All right. I'm making this up, by the way. This little bit right now. Okay, just spare, make you, make you happy. In my head, uh, there's a story in the Bible, it goes, a story in the, in the heaven, and it goes like this, that obviously heaven's up there, 
we've got um, angels, and uh, and there's one angel, and I don't know what his name is, um, but he's got his wings on. Okay, he's got his wings on, and uh, he's been tasked with a job with a responsibility to to clean a little bit of heaven. All right, so he's doing his own thing. Over he goes, and there's this big sign over here. It says there's a big button underneath it. It says the rapture. Do not touch. Okay. His job, clean the rounds, clean the rounds. And uh, like most kids, they see the button. And they think, I wonder what happens if I press that button. It says, do not touch, but I'm going to check it out anyway. A little bit of a touch right there. Enoch, the Bible says, was walking with God. Next minute, he's in heaven. God comes along and says, what is going on here right now? Enoch is with me right now. Do not touch that button. A bit later. A little bit of a touch again. A little bit of a touch. Next minute. Elijah, Elijah's in a chariot. And next minute, he's in heaven. God comes and says, why are you touching that button again? Don't do it. Next minute, comes along. 2,000 years later. Next minute, Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. And he's in a place where surely I'll be with you for all times. An angel of the Lord said, I'll we'll see about that. Up he goes. And finally, we see Jesus up in heaven. Can I tell you one day, Jesus will actually, the Lord will come and he will press that button once and for all. And we will find ourselves in heaven, in a place for eternity. And it will be the greatest thing that can ever happen to us. So in terms of the rapture, we see people thinking the rapture might happen here. It might happen here. It might happen here. It's not going to happen back there. So there's great debate about where it could happen. What we know is that it's going to happen. What we know we can place our, our faith in that here today. He is coming. Now some of you guys are like still in place of, well, there's going to be a tribulation? What's, what's that all about? Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> you okay? Everyone doing all right? What Jesus is saying here in Matthew 24 is that there's going to be birth pains he talks about. Now, who knows? Well, I don't know, but certainly the mums of the place will know that birth, birth pains become more intense just before you find yourself actually giving birth. What you experience when you're one month pregnant to what you are just days before giving birth is very different. And he's basically saying there's going to be a rise in the pains and the, the earth we groan in, the Bible says. And now, here's the truth. that If there's birth pains, that must mean that there's something about to be born. And it's interesting to me that in the greatest of trial, the greatest of miracles will indeed be born. And just like a child is born through labor, the same will be true during these end times. Matthew 24 says, Then... Uh, sorry, verse 21. Then there will be a great tribulation, not been, not, not, not been since seen since the beginning of the world until this time. 
No, not nor even shall be. These will be some of the dark. Well, these will be the darkest days our world has ever known. Now, firstly, I praise God that God is a rescuer. I praise God that God has already got a plan. He's already that He's already told us the plan. And the day when the trumpet blows, the day that when, when Jesus descends from those clouds, <laughs> I, I, I'm looking for those cloudy days right now. In fact, when Easter's on, sorry, when, when um, Anzac's on and the trumpet blows during Anzac time, I'm just repenting just in case. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm seeing the cloudy days. I'm ready to go. But the Bible says that no man will know when the return of the Lord comes. If I can just get a little bit of old school just for, just for a little bit of a moment here. Believers with one foot in the world and one foot in Christ. One foot in the world, one foot in Christ. Revelations talks about this being lukewarm. Paul talks about you might profit the world, but you lose your soul. When the trumpet sounds, are we ready? Are we ready? You see, we live in such... Grace-saturated preaching, grace-saturated world. And I'm all for grace. I've been saved by grace. I'm thankful for grace. I'm, I'm nowhere without grace. But in the same way, we've got to also understand that, that, that this, this is grace. This, this is the warning. This is, this is how we can get our lives prepared. The warning, that grace, the, warning, the warning that Jesus actually gives us is the greatest grace he gives us. We have to live with eternity in sight. And I feel the Lord calling his church, that's you and me, that's the other believers, to a place of holiness. To live according to his patterns and his ways. That young people will be set apart by holiness. Even some of our oldie heathens out there will be set apart by holiness. You see, this series is not just about what's going to happen one day. So how can we make a difference right now, right here on earth? That our character is formed and developed. We take these things with us. And I want us to be in a place where we are prepared, knowing that this is, this is, this is what the Lord has predicted, prophesied. This is what's going to happen. You see, Hebrews 12, 14 says, Without holiness, no man will see God. God wants us to be set, set free from the powers of sin. And it's time for the church, the church, to wake up. It's time for, for us to rise up in spirit. And I'm not necessarily trying just to poke the bear. Or maybe I'm trying to poke the bear here this morning. But when did our worship become in a place where we're content just to doing this? When did our worship come like, well, if I feel like it today, I might come to church? When did our worship come to a place where if it causes inconvenience, I'm probably not going to do it. Where, hey, there's a bit of rain in the sky today. I'm not too sure if I can come to church today. Now, this is not just Dan saying you've got to come to church. Although I'm saying come to church. Actually, Hebrews 20, uh, 10 verses 25, it says, Do not forsake the gathering of the saints. But then what's it say after that? It says, especially when the day of the Lord is coming, the closer you get. Find ourselves gathered together so that we can indeed shine in Connect Group, shine in his house, shine in the marketplace. Okay, so, the, so during the tribulation, the Bible says there will be a rise of a chap called the Antichrist. 
Okay, the Antichrist. The Antichrist has been sent to imitate Christ. He is a counterfeit Christ. And he's really good at it. So there's nothing worse than a fake, right? Ali and I, we went to uh, Phuket for our honeymoon. And uh, it was the best. It was, it was great, wasn't it, babe? Phuket was mad. And um, you get like massive, huge prawns for like 50 cents. I was having like prawns every day. It's like the best. And, you know, we had a great time on home. But we went to these like, like, it wasn't like a street market. So I know you were thinking, oh, Dan, don't, don't go to the street markets to buy stuff there. You got ripped off. But we went to actually an actual place, um, an actual kind of shop. And I really wanted a nice watch. Okay, I thought to myself, I'll go get myself a nice watch. Ali's like, why do you need a nice watch? I said, well, babe, my love language is quality time. And so I really, I really want to make sure that, you know, I got that investment and so forth. Anyways, so I went and bought myself a, a nice watch during this time. A few hundred bucks, and it was nice, it was good. Now I needed some adjustments. And so when I got back to Australia, I then got it, sort of went to the manufacturer and says, he goes, I hope you didn't spend lots of money on this watch. And I said, define what lots of money might be to you. <laughs> he says, you've bought a fake. Now, the week beforehand, I'm up in church, like, praise the Lord, you know, <laughs> beautiful. Don't pretend you engage girls haven't done the same thing with their ring in the air and so forth. Ooh. <laughs> he says, you bought a fake. There's an imitation. You've been ripped off. In the same kind of way, the world is going to see an imitation. The world is going to see a counterfeit take place. The Antichrist will be the devil's attempt to create a son. You've got to understand that in the kingdom of God, everything has an opposite. And just like the Father created Jesus, Satan will create an Antichrist. Now, we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Satan will be Satan, Antichrist, and false prophet. And there's so much to say here about the Antichrist, what he'll want to do during this time of tribulation, we round up and deceive. He created a one world government and it will look very similar to the Roman Empire back in the day. Some people tend to think that maybe the Antichrist is the one with, you know, where you get the red horns, the red eyes, the, the tail. Like, what is this, the tail? And that is not the case. The Bible says, actually, that he'll be a political genius, he'll be sharp, he'll be eloquent, he'll be a master of oratory, he'll, be, he'll bring in peace, they'll be very successful, they'll be a very brilliant business mind, everything that is actually attractive to the world. The Bible says that he'll seemingly die and be raised again. I say seemingly because he want to try and imitate Jesus. I don't believe that Satan has the power to do that. This will be an illusion, a deception. The Bible says that all lies will be seen on that. And it'll be done to try and capture the, the, the hearts of the world. And it'll all be about glorifying man and, re, and displacing the supremacy of God. That will be his goal. Yeah. Livy, come on up. I'll need you to help me close this. And so these will be some of the, the darkest days at this point. And I wouldn't be a good preacher if I finished there today. I want to be a good preacher. I want to be a good pastor to you today by actually finishing over here. You see, during this time, during these dark days, you understand the Lord is readying and preparing his son Jesus to return back to the earth. He's readying the angels to say, go and get your trumpets ready. Go and get yourself ready because the, the Lord will be returning. And there's going to be a battle. 
The battle would be called um, the Battle of Armageddon. And you'd be like, Armageddon out of here. <laughs> Pretty good today, eh? Ali's rolling her eyes. You'll be getting out of here, right? There'll be a battle. And the battle will happen in a place called Megadu. It's in Israel. It'll be in a valley. And the Bible talks about how just at the worst time the earth has ever seen, the Bible will say the heavens will open up. The trumpet will sing. And the Lord Jesus will return. That Jesus is coming back. And on his thighs we be written the King of Kings. He'll have white hair. He'll have a sword in his hands. He'll come riding on a horse. And he will come riding on a horse in victory. Because the enemy has already been defeated. And he will call the believers of the time. Will you ride with me? I feel like we're talking about a bit of a scene out of Braveheart right now. But he's going to say, will you ride with me? Will you come with me? And we're going to pick up our swords and we're going to be behind him. But you know what? We're going to do nothing in the whole process because he's already done the victory. But we're going to look all impressive. We're going to have our swords. We're going to get ourselves ready for some Trojan warfare. Say, hey, have this Antichrist. Have that Antichrist. But he's going to say, hey, actually cool your jets. Ease up turbo. See, the Lord's actually going to, has already got a plan. And in so many ways, it's actually a bit of an anticlimax. Because what he does, if we read in, um, in the Bible in 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 8, he says, Then the man of lawlessness, that's the Antichrist, will be revealed. But the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth. Can you start to get the understanding of how majestic he is? how amazing he is, how awesome he is. Other translations actually say with the breath of a nostril. Not nostrils, the breath of a nostril. And you got to forgive me. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know where this is going. In this what is supposedly meant to be the most incredible of battles, the wars are coming together. He leans over. <laughs> and it's over. It's over. Why are we called to live in fear? Because with one breath, it's done. Why are we called to live in awe? One breath is done. Why are we called to be able to look to the King of Kings for every single thing we need? One breath is done. And he's wanting to remind us here this morning of how mighty, how awesome, how majestic he truly is. There's going to be some tough days during this tribulation time. But the return of Christ, Christ's reign for a thousand years, eternity forever. These are what we place our hope in here this morning. And just like I finished last week, I'm going to invite every single person here today to answer this question. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is the God we worship. This is the God's worthy to have our praise lifted to Him 
above all else. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He has a name above every other name. Every knee shall bow and will bow at the sound of the King. And this is the God we worship here this morning. So with all eyes closed, just for a moment. This question of, are we ready? It's not in any kind of fear. We don't react in a way of doom and gloom. It's actually, actually, it's actually about the love of the Father who sees each and every one of you so with affection and His desire is that every single person will be saved. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.